welcome to Get Divorced Without Getting Screwed, a podcast for men who are thinking about divorce in the middle of one now or are recovering from this horrible process. You will get advice from experts and hear inspirational stories of men just like you who have survived divorce. Now, let's get to work. I'm John Nocklinger, the men's divorce coach and mentor. I'm a recovering divorce attorney and the founder of Divorce Shield. Today, we are joined by James Bryan. He is the founder of Easy Online Divorce, a company in the United Kingdom that helps men get divorced quickly and inexpensively. He's also the author of The Real Man's Guide to Divorce, which we're going to be talking a lot about today. Thank you so much for being here, James. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So you are squarely in the divorce game now. You've written books on divorce, um, recovering from divorce, and you're helping people get through the process quickly and inexpensively. So how in the world did you get involved in the divorce community? It was um, it was a uh, it wasn't deliberate. Let's put it that way. I um, number of years ago, I suppose I had the kind of dream life, if you like. I um, had uh, you know a fantastic daughter and a, a marriage and you know the nice cars and you know people were paying me to fly all around the world and you know, properties and all this kind of thing. But then you know I I was having problems with my marriage and uh, it, it resulted in um, us getting divorced. And at the time, I being a kind of pragmatic kind of guy, I was looking for resources in terms of, you know, how do I do it? How do I get through it? One of the things, though, there's two things that I knew. The first one was that I didn't want to waste an absolute fortune um, on on lawyers and solicitors, we call them over here. Um, I spent my life at a corporate level working with law firms. And whilst they're amazing to have on your side, um, you know, I'd spent, you know, thousands and thousands tens of thousands hundreds of thousands in pounds actually on um on, on lawyers over the years so i knew i didn't want to do that um and then the other thing that i knew was that i wanted to to see my children um you know and all of the kind of reference points that i had um it was bad news it was it was um you know losing your money not seeing your kids um uh, you know devastating situation and and um the, the kids side of things was, was 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 hugely important to me so um kind of went on this quest to try and find information to help me get through it and um found absolutely nothing and, and I, I mean there, there, was, there was information out of the, out there but it was it was it was really written for women and and, and by women and um you know in terms of forums and things like that it was just so much bitterness so much anger um and it was it was just a, off, a very very lonely time and and the other thing was that in terms of friends there was only really there was one one person that i knew had gone through divorce he lived in spain obviously i'm in england and there's only so much time you can speak to someone about it and then of course your friends as well who'll you know listen to you and and um you know, you can kind of talk to them about it. You know, if they've not been through it, they can't really give you much great guidance. And after a while, I mean, again, people don't want to hear um, you going on and on about your divorce. So during this time of me trying to work things out, I kind of made a promise to myself, you know, the low point that if I got through this, I was going to write a book and, and and do something to help other guys so they didn't go through the same situation be on their own not have the resources or somewhere to turn to and 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 that was the you know the promise i made myself and when i did start to get through it um i, I started to write a book and um and and, and it came quite easily I'd, I'd wanted to write a book for some time on different subjects and never got around to it but you know the the, the pain i think was so great and the motivation so high that you know i I kind of followed through on it yeah i think that you hit the nail on the head the lack of resources for men that are going through divorce and it's not just the forums and books and websites and blogs and podcasts but it's also the fact that men don't feel as comfortable talking to other people about their personal lives and Mm. uh, particularly with people they know we're not going to go into the psychological reasons why that's the case, but that's the fact. Guys feel much more comfortable talking about their personal life with people they don't know, but that are going through the same thing. So, James, tell me a little bit about how long were you married? How many kids do you have? Um, so I've got two children, and I've been married um, I've been uh, nine, nine years. 
So, so yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of, yeah, nine years, I think, when uh, we, we eventually separated. Um, my, my daughter at the time was, she'll have been five. Um, and my son was, was, was less than, less than a year. And, and we, we lived in London. Um, but my, my wife's family is from a place called Cornwall, which is like the very bottom of the, um, bottom west of, uh, of England. So it's about a 300 mile drive away. And so they, they, she moved there with, with the children and, and, you know, and, and that would, that also posed challenges in terms of getting there. So like, you know, 600 mile round trip drive every, every fortnight, staying in hotels. I mean, it's went on for, you know, years and years and years and years. And, and of course, as a, my, my career is, uh, is actually international development. So spending more than half my life sleeping in a different um, bed. Um, uh, looking back on it now, I don't know how the hell I managed to do it, but uh, you, you know, you just kind of, you just do it, don't you? For your kids, you'll do, you'll do anything. Did you know that divorce was coming or was it, did it come out of the blue to you? No, I, I yeah, I mean, we, we, we had problems we've had problems for quite some time and I, by the time it eventually happened, um, I, I was kind of already divorced in my, in my head. I, I, I say divorced in my head. I, I, I mean, I was pretty far along uh, in, in the, in the process, I would say. So it wasn't a shock. It wasn't out the blue. Didn't mean it was any easier or less painful, but it, it, it wasn't as bad, um, as it, as it, as it could be, um, you know, coming home to a letter or something, something like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I'd, I'd kind of, I'd, I'd kind of, I'd already kind of started that journey in my own head. Well, that's really good to hear that you at least weren't, didn't feel blindsided. Cause I will tell you most men do, and it's mm. not because they don't know that it's coming. It's much more of a, they refuse to acknowledge it or recognize it. Sounds like you knew it was coming and you started preparing yourself. And that is really so important. And I know that's part of what's in your book. And, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about that, but getting your head in the right space so that you can go through this. As you well know, divorce, there is legal, there's, there's legal issues, but 95% of the things in divorce are not legal. And, and of the, most of it's your mind your mindset, both people. And if both people want a amicable divorce, you're going to have an amicable divorce because there are no issues that you cannot resolve. So you and your, you and your wife, you had this divorce, you had a very young child at the time, and then she moved 300 miles away. What kind of parenting plan could you possibly have? I, I mean, I, I, I was, um, you know, I was a very uh, hands-on dad with my with my with my daughter. Um, I mean, I think I think you know. Well, I, I don't think I know. Looking looking back at it, one of the one of the things that I did, which I, I found extremely beneficial, um, really really helped helped me kind of m move on, was looking at the situation and 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 thinking about you know what was it that I did? What how did I contribute to the to the to the breakdown of the marriage and i really believe and uh, you know it doesn't matter what the situation is you know even if someone someone you know even if you were cheated on i believe that there's 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 always something um that you you know you you responsible for um you know it's a, it's a, it's a two-way thing and so i i looked at that you know looked at the situation and asked myself well you know what did how did i contribute to this because i didn't want to make the same mistakes twice or, you know one thing and and one of the things that i i did was um when my daughter was born my daughter was number one she'd become number one in in, in my mind and and um at the time i i i thought that with, with my wife being an ex-wife being an adult that um, you know, she would understand that she would, she would, yeah, it would make complete sense to her. But it, I didn't realise that I was kind of hurting her, and and um, she felt second second best, and that contributed a lot to the you know to the breakdown of the marriage. But um, at this at the same time, you know, I was a very hands on dad, and and with my son who was very young, um, I was really hands on with him as well. And so, in terms of the parenting plan, um, you know, the the parenting plan kind of came a little bit later when I was kind of thinking about it in terms of what, what you know, what it was that I actually did. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of flying by the seat of my pants. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really important. Most, most men don't give their parenting time schedule much thought at all. 
or um, they just think in very generic terms. Like I want 50% of the time with the kids or, mm. you know, they don't really give it a lot of thought. And one thing I loved in your book was you actually provide a sample parenting time schedule and say, guys, you need to sit down and really give this some mm. thought before you start the process. Because it's so important that you understand why you want what you want. So mm -hmm. people say all the time, well, I want this, I want that. Well, why? Why do you want it? Mm -hmm. it's, good. it's really hard to negotiate when you don't even understand why you're fighting for what you're fighting for, because then you're just being emotional. One thing, one of the first things in your book was like music to my ears, which was divorce planning, which is my number one thing that I talk to guys about. And some people think it's dirty. Some people think there's something wrong with divorce planning. But if you don't plan, and there's, you know, there's, there's actual things you can do in money with your kids. But if you don't get your mind ready, you're really going to have a difficult time. So you really spoke a lot about managing stress. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, you're completely right. Um, I think in terms of one of the big pains for me going through that process was, you know, how to come to terms with the fact that, you know, my children were there. Um, you know, I was with my children, um, you know, 24 seven, you know, when, uh, you know, as you can be in the, when you live in the same home, but then that, that was going to change. And it was, it was, it was never going to be the same again. You know, I was going to see them every, every fortnight and, um, and, and coming to terms with that, that, that loss was, was really difficult. But the way, that I did that was thinking about the you know the quality, and that's one of the things that I talk about in the book because you know you can sit at home and your kids can be there, and you know you cannot do anything with them. You can just sit and watch the telly, come home from work, and you know you know put the TV on, put your feet up, and ignore the kids. And yeah, you're in your kid's life, and you're there, and you might have a fleeting conversation with them, um, but that's not really making the most of um, your relationship with your children. And one of the things that I, you know, I thought about was, you know, how do I really make? I, I looked at it as an opportunity. I thought to myself, right, well, okay, um, you know, it's just it's just me, um, so I can parent, you know, when I'm with the children in the way that I want to um, uh, parent with them and, and do things with them that I want to do with them. So I looked at it as an opportunity like that to make the most of it and i have to admit you know in the early stages i mean part of it was the fact that we we're in hotel rooms and i didn't want to be cooped up in a hotel room all the time but you know we'd be out and we'd be doing things and 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 going 24 you know tw uh, you know 200 miles an hour um but then after a while you can start to kind of step back a little bit and start to do things a little bit more current kind of creative and not just rushing ar ar around and things um and, but and the other part of all of this was the fact that I wasn't going to see the kids as much and the, the, the distance between um, us. Um, I just needed to find a way of being able to, um, you know, maintain and build the relationship between us. And of course, if I was just going to turn up and, you know, kind of watch TV or, you know, whatever, um, the, the ability of, of, of building that relationship wasn't going to be there. So um, that was the kind of focus for me. Um, and then in terms of the, in, in terms of the, the stress, um, I mean, I'm quite a stressed person anyway. I mean, I have a lot of lot going on in my life. I like stress. Um, I don't make things easy for myself in terms of, you know, the workloads and all that kind of thing as well. Um, but, you know, everyone has a kind of breaking point and I, I found that I needed to do things to kind of, Re release myself from from some of the emotions and and um i mean one of the, i was thinking about this 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 call um and i think one of the things that's really interesting and, it, and it's completely against you know what we like as typically like as men is um i i kind of acknowledge my emotions a lot more um and 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 happy to talk about them not like you know kind of sobbing and crying and you know being overly emotional and I, mean, and I don't like it that much, but at least I have the ability now to, to kind of do that and to, and to share and not feel embarrassed about it. And I, and I think that was a, a, a big part in the early, early stages because I just felt like shit, you know, I had a big dark cloud over me. I just felt angry and all this kind of thing um, and had no way of dealing with it except for, you know, grunting and, and, and just being pissed off with everything. So um, that really kind of helped 
um, you know, you know, me kind of move on as well, understand what I was feeling, why I was feeling it, um, and acknowledging it, and then and then moving forward with it. I mean, I think we could say that real men cry because they do. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a big softy. I'm a not. I'm from the north of England, so you know, we're we're, we're tough, tough people. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm, put a put a sad film on. I'm crying. <laughs> oh, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, James. When I get guys on coaching calls, they start sobbing, talking yeah. about all kinds of things. Um, it's the tough guy mentality. I mean, I mm. talk about this a lot. As kids, men are taught be tough, don't cry, you know, don't be a girl. Like you know, we're mm -hmm. told things like that. Yeah. And that gets into your subconscious, and it just yeah. never goes away. Um, and also, before we move on, for all of us unsophisticated Americans, what is a fortnight? A fortnight? Do you not know what a fortnight is? For for our audience. Oh right. So a fortnight. So fortnight's every two weeks. What do you call it? <laughs> every other week. Oh, every other week. <laughs> I told you we're unsophisticated. You know what? I didn't know that you didn't know what a fortnight was because I've got like a lot of friends in the states and that's never come up before. A fortnight? Oh yeah, and it's a game as well, of course. Yeah, I know about right. That's what yeah, yeah. that's what American be like. Oh, fortnight? Every why is other week. About a game. <laughs> <laughs> so something something else you wrote about in your book that I do a form of this every day and. Mm. It's so wonderful is a daily gratitude exercise. Mm -hmm. uh, I love that you put that in the book because it is, it's really not about divorce, but it's just really about clearing your mind before you start your day so that you can be clear on what your goals are and what you really want to accomplish. Why did, why did you think that was important to put that in your book? I mean, I was, I was, I was looking for, you know, with, with the, with the, the lack of information, out there, I, I, I was looking for anything and everything that could could possibly um, help me, and um, you know, I came I, I came across some of this stuff and um, started to get involved in uh, you know personal development, Tony Robbins, and you know people people like this, um, and and it was really a case of you know just trying anything to see. Um, you know, if something's if something's going to work, I I didn't I didn't restrict myself in any way, um, and and that really works works well. I mean, at the time, I didn't I didn't realize how powerful it is. It's something that I've continued to do. Something I've continued to do. You know, that helps me with my professional life uh, as well. And it's, I think it's it's grown into a, a much bigger thing. Um, now you hear you hear about it a lot more. I think I think generally, I mean, the book was written um, two years ago. And and you know over that in in that short period of time, um, I, I don't know what it's like in in the states, but um, you know in in, in uh, the UK, there's definitely more focus on um, uh, mental health, uh, you know, particularly with men and suicide. Suicide rates with of men are particularly high compared to to women. Um, so there's there's been a push here to to get people to kind of talk more about mental health issues for men and women because uh, it is a, it is a ser serious serious problem, and um, I think you know with, with the with the lockdown uh, we've we you know we've had quite severe lockdowns um, over here, um, people cooped up um, on their own in in you know small apartments not seeing anybody, you know it's having a, a devastating effect on on, on people's um, uh, mental health, but I think. As a society, we, we certainly turned the corner, and it's not the it hasn't got the kind of stigma um, attached to it that it, it once had. But there's yeah. still a long way to go. We do not have an emphasis on mental health in the states at all. Mm. I don't exactly know why. Um, men in general, though, have a difficult time going to a counselor or to therapy or to a psychologist. It really and and actually it bleeds into their children. Child needs to go to therapy. A lot of men are against it, and I think it's a little bit to do with that acknowledgement that something might be wrong with you. Again, it goes back to you know most of most of the way we all are is based on what our subconscious tells us to think about things, and most of that's developed before you're seven years old. So we all hear these things when we're kids. But okay, let's move on a little bit to communication with your ex-wife because sure. I, this is actually just before we move on, I just yeah, go ahead. It's just worth, it's just worth the point. I mean, we we don't have this we don't have this culture um, that you you guys do of, of therapy. Um, you know, it's it. I, I have a second book um, called um, the Mindful Divorce, and and it was it was written because um, 
I, I kind of realized that I was only kind of, you know, dealing with half the, half the, the reason why I wrote the book, one of the reasons why I wrote the book, the first one was about children and making sure that I'm trying to ensure that um, where possible, children have got both parents in their lives because it's really, it's really important. And, and here, and I'm sure it's, it's the same in, the, in, um, in, in America, um, you know, there's a lot of um, single parents, a lot of kids um, that don't have male role models in their lives anymore. Um, and, um, you know, it's just not good. It's just not good for kids. So I, I, that was one of the reasons why I wrote the book. And, but then I realized that I'm kind of missing, you know, half, half the story. And I'm, and I'm, you know, if I, if I can find a way to, um, appeal to, 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 to women as well, and kind of send that message about, you know, reducing conflict, um, and, and, and so both, both parents can co-parent, that would be a better thing. So my, my second book's called The Mindful Divorce, and it was, it was written, um you know to to appeal to 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 women more than men um and it sells very well it sells really well in in, in america as well and i think one of the reasons is is because you guys are, uh, are so much more receptive to that kind of approach whereas in the, the you know the uk i mean I, you know a friend of mine got married at the beginning of um last year and um they went to kind of counselors and therapists before they got married to kind of work out you know how to how to be married sort of thing. I mean, we, we would never dream of doing anything like that um, o o over, over here. It's a last resort um, and to see, to see that sort of, um, you know, those, those sort of people. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really one of those things where every culture has a very different view on not just marriage and divorce, but the role of gender roles, all of these and the role of mental health. And it's so interesting because I think a lot of times, uh, Americans, Canadians, British, Australians, we all kind of all look at each other as the same. Mm, no, we know. Such big differences mm, no. yeah. between the way everyone operates. The mm -hmm. one thing that is common in every one of those places is you needing to learn how to talk to your ex-wife, or I guess your wife before she becomes your ex-wife and then talk to your ex-wife. And I loved this part of your book because, you know, a lot of times people just don't know what to do. They just mm -hmm. don't have any idea what to do. And you really went through the different kinds of communication and the pitfalls of what each of those uh, types are. And your your part about written communication, I thought was excellent. Mm -hmm. And not just for divorce. I mean, this part of in, yeah. in, yeah. in life. Mm -hmm. So uh, tell me a little bit about, you know, you talked about tone and, and how to respond to electronic communications, because these days it's so easy to respond. Why did you think that was important? And did any of that come from your personal interactions with your ex-wife? I mean, well, the, the short answer is yes. I mean, uh, you, it, does, it doesn't matter. Even if you have a relatively amicable divorce, there's going to be days where, um, you know, all hell breaks loose. <laughs> the emotions can run high and um it, it would be it's easy to lose uh, to you know to, to lose your temper to get to get annoyed to react um to the situation and it came back to the point about you know being able to see my kids because uh, and uh, and i you know i think it's uh, similar uh, in in the states but in the in the uk you know fathers don't really have um, the the rights that they should have for, for the for, with their kids. Um, it, it's mainly around um, uh, resident and non-resident, and and ninety percent of the time, the resident parent is a is a is a female, and in in that situation, the resident parent has a, a you know a lot of rights, and and the non-resident has basically basically not and so when it comes to things like um contact with your children picking your children up um you know you've got a, a weekend planned um you know you could knock on your um your wife's door to get the kids and she could say you know you can't have them or or you know any 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 reason basically you know for the for, so that you don't have the kids um bearing in mind you know i've got to travel 300 miles um, to, to, to face that kind of, um, situation is, it's, you know, it, it, one, you don't want to face it, but two, it's like, well, now what the hell do I do? You know, it's, I've just driven, it took me six hours to get here. Um, and, and, you know, guys in, in, um, in, in the UK have just got, there's not absolutely nothing you can do with that at all. Um, and, and if your, you know, your wife doesn't want you to see the kids or is, you know, awkward, and and this happens all the time. It's like a, it's leverage. You know, it's 
typically um you know the the, the mother is trying to um you know get a more favorable uh, financial settlement or situation the guys um you know want to want to see want to see the kids and the two play each other off um again against that even though they're independent of each other in the in the eyes of the law um and and over here you know, it, it would be the absolute last resort to have to go to court to, to get access to your children. Because even if you get granted access, you know, the, the other parent can just breach that over and over and over again. And, and you know, it would it, just be a, um, you know, a telling off by the judge by the time you get to a, get to a court. So by this time you haven't seen your kids. So it, it's, it makes absolutely no sense. It's the last thing that you want to do. And so therefore, You've got to think. Uh, I wanted to think to myself. Well, how how am I going to avoid this? Um, and of course, losing your temper, um, being reactive, not only is going to cause problems between um, you know you and your wife, which is is you know perhaps something unfavorable is, is going to happen as a consequence of that. But also, she could go to the police and show them and say, you know, he's threatening me. And then you, the police will put a, a court order on you, or um, you know, so that you aren't allowed to go to the near the property. Um, you're not allowed to get, you know, see your kids, and then you've got to go into the court. So it would be so easy to fall into that trap. Um, so the communication part was, you know, it was a, a critical element of that. And I, you know, drew off my experience. Um, you know, I've worked with. All, all, all around the world with different different cultures um so i drew off some experience of that but 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 really kind of nothing that i'd kind of done whether it was working with different cultures you know learn how to negotiate communicate comes anything close trying to communicate with your um you know your ex-wife and and in in a lot of ways you've got to learn how to communicate even better than you did maybe you wouldn't be divorced if you if you communicated better is, is to be to be fair but you know you have to work really really hard at it and and you know even now i mean it's it's been it's been five five years and you know if we didn't have kids then you know we we wouldn't we wouldn't speak to get to each other again there's no there's absolutely no reason to but because we we have children we have to um and i'd say you know 90 percent of the time we we kind of we we're okay we get on um but there's there's always going to be moments where we disagree about something or and it could easily over you know spill over into something that it doesn't have to doesn't have to be so um the the how to deal with the the, the, the um difficult conversations preparing yourself um particularly on those sort of face-to-face conversations that you're going to have where you you know you um you get the children for example is, is really important because um you know you might say something but the the, the body's lying it's, it's showed pure hatred so it's like kind of rehearsing those things and preempting um what might be said um to kind of just you know um i i, I describe it as playing the long game um you know not you know the the, the long-term outcome is you, you, you want to see your, your children. Um, the, the good news is you're not, you're not married to this person anymore, so you just have to deal with it for that that, that, that split second and then you can leave. Um, so, yeah, that's the way I kind of looked at it. See, guys in, the, in America, you've got it great compared to the guys over in Britain. I mean, <laughs> over here at least, most men are getting, you know, close to equal time with their kids these days. It's really common, and we are very gender neutral in the country now um so that's that's really interesting and i know you're not an attorney although you've gone through so much you probably feel like one sometimes why is it that there is this issue in the united kingdom with men having so many inferior rights to their kids um i don't know um i i mean the the, the law is is i mean the, the law is this it's it's not that parents have have rights over their children their children children have rights over the parents um but it's a it's um it's a matter of control so it, you know who, whoever's the resident parent whoever is, is with the children the majority of the time they can control their life and you know what 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 they do um but uh, you know the 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 law around it is just very um i mean it's slow and and um you know, it's I can't. It's just, it's just that's just how it is. You know, yeah. I mean, there's been there's been people, there's been you know organizations that have, um, 
you know, protesting against this kind of thing for for years. But it, it you know, in the in the scheme of things, it just doesn't it just doesn't you know get any any airtime really compared to other stuff. Yeah, I've actually uh, during my time as a divorce attorney, I had handled uh, cases in which there was a component in Great Britain and the the laws are so slanted towards women in general there my view is that it's in response to just how slanted they were against women in so many of the other parts of the country it was sort of like an overcorrection which i think we do as a society anyway we see mm -hmm. a problem and then we swing the pendulum all the way to the other side and sort of overcorrect sometimes but maybe that'll maybe that'll change someday maybe some of these organizations will really help it's really been that's been happening here with regard to custody with regard to alimony slash spousal support slash maintenance i don't know what you guys call it over there you know both of those things have been really moving more and more towards what i would call an equilibrium or a moderate position as opposed to being slanted one way or the other well, i think it depends on the culture i mean uh, you know the you know when it comes to things like uh, paternity um you know taking time off work uh, paternity pay <laughs> i mean it's 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 appalling um you know we're when in, in, in you know the uk is not very uh, forward thinking when it comes to it comes to families you know if you look at the the scandinavian countries for example um you know fathers um uh, you know able to take time off work and um you know there's this there's, there's more it's more accepted in society uh, for, for fathers to take a um you know a, a kind of bigger um part of the of the parenting whereas whereas here our culture um in in terms of work um you know a, a guy can't just take time off work to to look after his kids so i, I think i think until those and, and and perhaps we know with the lockdown and a lot more people working from home and things now um that might might change um i think you know certainly you know if you if you live in london and you've got like an hour commute you know on the morning and on the evening so that's two hours every day and then you're used to being able to you know take your kids to school or spend more time with the, the family um you know not a lot of people are going to want to kind of switch back to that full on kind of you know five days in the office um, so I think there will be some flexibility that comes out of it. And, and maybe with that flexibility, you know, it, things will change a little bit when it comes to uh, fathers. Yeah, I think you just made a great point. You make lots of great points. But the one that just resonated with me was that most of these issues start at the very beginning, back when you're dealing with maternity and paternity leave mm -hmm. policies. I mean, I don't know how a society can really not be slanted against men when it comes to custody when we don't even get time off to bond mm -hmm. with our babies. Um, yeah. And so that's that's really that's really great. That is moving over here that is moving more towards men getting paternity leave. I know in my law firm we give men paternity leave just I mean it's the same thing. It's gender neutral. You have a baby, mm -hmm. you mom or dad, you get time off. Yeah, so yeah. We get two weeks. Leave. Yeah, two weeks. Two two weeks, yeah. Yeah, well, that that's not enough. Basically, yeah. you spend two weeks just not sleeping. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, usually, usually the first two weeks is okay. It's after that when you're back to work and then you, you're not sleeping. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely true. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so you've got you've got your kids. How old are they now? Um, at uh, nearly eleven and uh, nearly seven. So, how has parenting time situation been going? So, so I, so I, I was in, you know, London for, um, you know, over four years. So, so, so basically every other week end, it's your term, um, traveling to, um, to, to Cornwall where my kids are, um, traveling back to London. I, I'd kind of, I, 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 I mean, even even though I was making the you know making the most of of my time there and and dealing with it in the in the best possible way. Um, it still really plays on my mind. It, it just, you know, the I was thinking, is this the right thing to do? And 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 from a a career point of view, you know, I needed to be in London to get to different places. You know, with all the, all the airports there. Um, and you know, my industry is is, is centered in in London. Um, but it was a real personal battle for me to 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 
you know, decide, well, what the hell am I going to do? Am I going to do this for the rest of my life? Or, um, you know, do I do I get a, a, a place in Cornwall and have, to, a, a, have a, my own place in Cornwall and my own place in London? Or, you know, do I move to Cornwall? And, and um, after, you know, it wasn't an easy decision and it was a decision that, um, I mean, it took me months to to reach, but eventually I made the decision that I was going to move to to Cornwall. Now, Cornwall's a, um, like I said, it's it's um, it's right on the the bottom of uh, of the UK um, to the west. The county itself, uh, it's surrounded by uh, beaches, got amazing beaches, but the county itself, I think there's only about one and a half million people in it. It's it's actually in in all of Europe. It's it's it's. Um, it was de designated as one of the most deprived areas in in all of Europe, even compared to places like Romania, um, because there's a lack of industry there. It's all very uh, seasonal based, like holidays and things like that. And round round the edges, around the, the coast, is is, is affluent. Um, but in the the middle, where there used to be like um, you know tin mines and all this kind of stuff, um, it's it's very 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 um, um, poor. And so you know the decision to to, to move down there from a career point of view was, was, was extremely difficult and, and took time for me to be able to engineer and, and, and work out how I was going to make that, make that work. Um, and it, and it, and it took, you know, it, it took me, it took me about from, from the point of deciding I was going to do it. It's, it's took me around about a year. I mean, I was delayed a little bit with, with COVID at the beginning of um, last year. Um, but it took a long time, but, now I'm with my. Now I'm in Cornwall. I'm with my kids. I mean, I have um, 50 50 shared care with, uh, with with them. It's just amazing. I, I, you know, I, it's this is just you know personal to me. But for, for me, you know, I'm I'm so happy that I've I've made the move. Um, and and I, I'm I'm there with my kids. It's it's. I, I just I thought to myself, you know, am I gonna? What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do in 20 years time? I'm gonna. You know, well, hopefully not twenty years time, forty years time, or fifty years time when I'm on my deathbed, and I'm going to look back and I'm going, oh yeah, I'm like really pleased that I stayed in London, and you know, and I did this, and you know, my career, and blah blah blah, or you know, um, that I was there when my kids, you know, my son particularly, um, he's hitting the point where he really needed a, a, a father figure, you know, on a more permanent basis. So from that point of view, it was a, an easy easy decision to make, and and. Uh, yeah, it's but it's it's about balance, isn't it? So yeah, I, I'm terrible at finding balance. So you know the, the the family side of things with the kids is great. Um, I mean, I think for everybody this year, the the, the work side of things is going to be more challenging. Um, but um, you know, uh, it is it's definitely the right right thing for me. Um, but to get to that point took a I mean a hell of a lot of change in your mind and working things through and and and, and prioritizing what's important um stuff that you know you, you don't normally you don't normally think about yeah i mean this past year is really changing a lot of things and i think um men's relationship with their children is one of the great things that has changed because of the ability of so many more men to work from home and spend time with their kids I have an almost eight-year-old daughter, and I've worked from home for the last year. She's been here from at school in the house for the last year. I mean, that's just invaluable mm -hmm. uh, time you're never going to get back. I know that you spend an entire chapter in your book just talking about how men need to bond with their kids and you know the ways in which you need to do that and how it's going to be helpful for you. Did you feel before you went through a divorce that you had, I mean, you had, you had an infant, you had another kid that was mm. a little bit older. Did you feel like your oldest, you had that good bond before the divorce? Yeah, yeah I, did, I did. Yeah. I think with, with my, with my daughter, I, 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 I did. I, I, I was like, um, an overachiever. I'm an over, I mean, I'm, a, I'm an overachiever. I, I, I'm never satisfied with anything. You know, overachiever at work and everything like that. I was an overachiever dad. You know what I mean? I was like, you know, I'd co I'd I'd come back from a, a trip in the Far East exhausted, and and my wife would be like, right there, you go, you you can look after the kids because I I've been doing it for um, the last five days, and I'd be like knackered, and I'd be like overachieving. I'd be going to work on the Monday exhausted, thinking, thank God I'm going to work just to have a a, a rest. So I I kind of was like, you know, a full a full on uh, a full on um, father and i think that's why um it, it it kind of really kind of got to me the the fact that i wasn't going to be able to spend the, the same amount of time with my, my kids um but the and the fear of, of of losing that 
um, was was it was huge. And then, of course, with my son, who was just a baby at the time, and, I mean, you don't get anything out of a baby for a couple of years. You know, you just keep putting in, putting in, putting in, and eventually you get something back. But um, I, you know, that, that I, I, I wanted to kind of, try and 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 to be honest i was i was really everyone was very surprised at how the bond that i would i was able to build with my son with him being a baby bearing in mind that he only ever saw ever saw ever saw me every other um weekend and then you know for hol- like holidays and, and things for long periods but you know we were able to build a build build a bond build a relationship um and and yeah i mean i you know, I think I make my both of my children, uh, my, my daughters kind of, you know, start to, you know, mature and be more emotional and, and things like that. And I think I'm, 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 I'm pretty, we have a very open, open relationship. And, and, uh, my, my son's, um, you know, he's, he's going through some diff- difficulties at, at, at the moment. Um, and, you know, I'm just kind of doing, doing my best. So nothing's perfect. Um, I haven't got all of the answers, but um, I it, it was more of a case of just trying to, you know, do whatever you could that was uh, you, you could to kind of maintain that that relationship. It's so important, so important. That's one of the things that I train guys pre-divorce is mm. to the extent your bond isn't good with your kids, you need to start dealing with it now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because that will really impact everything. So, yeah. You will for the future. I mean, it's scary. Yeah. It's scary. I mean, I, I, you know, I always say, you know, you got to keep your kids as close as possible because, you know, when they get older, if they get pissed off with you and they'll get in with the wrong, wrong crowd, and they'll find what they need from somewhere, somewhere else, and it might work out okay, but it could go, you know, terribly wrong. So, you know, you've got to, you've got to keep an open door. Um, you know, even, you know, even if you like my son, my son annoyed me tonight when I picked him up from school. He was just, he was just rude. And I'm like, you know, I, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, how can you speak to me like that? And then I'm thinking, hang on a second, we've got to, <laughs> you know, I'm the, I'm the guy here, I'm the man here, we've got to try and find a way for, forward, you know. So uh, it, isn't e- it isn't easy. Um, I haven't got all the answers. I wish I did, but I'm kind of still learning. Um, I'm, I'm sure I'll continue to learn. Yeah, well, that's, that's important, right? Re- recognizing you don't have all the answers. Mm. So the last part of your book was really post-divorce life is what I'll call mm-hmm. it. This is really, in a lot of respects, the most um, underappreciated part of the divorce process. Because most people, they like get divorced and then they're like, what now? And, and some people take years to recover from divorce. Some of that's because they didn't prepare going in, but some of it's just because they don't have a plan for after. So I just mm. want to talk to you about a couple of things. I mean, you do talk about, you know, diet, exercise. That's all very important. Guys, you know, people, when you go through, mm. stress, that's the person that goes, but you're, you wrote about um, finding, I'm, I'm using my words here, about finding your why, finding mm-hmm. your passion. Mm-hmm. What is it yeah. that's really going to drive you and look forward? When you were going through a divorce, did you already have an idea about what you were going to want post-divorce? Or is that something you only found out after you were divorced? I'm a planner. Um, so, you know, I knew when I was going to university, what I was going to do after university and where I was going to live and what career path I was going to go on. And, you know, so I, I'm very much a, a, a planner. Um, and so my... You know, my life um, was around um, progressing in my career. I had properties, you know, nice cars, you know, lots of money, um, the family. So, in my mind, um, you know, I, I was I was on the track. Um, the fact that the um, the marriage wasn't great um, at times and, and deteriorated over the time, I just I just thought to myself, well, this is just normal. Um, you know, we, I mean, we don't talk about it anyway. So um, it, it was just, it, it was just normal to me. And we, you know, we put on a, you know, we, we, we kind of put a face on anyway and we, we, we kind of hide, hide things. And, you know, and so I just assumed that that was like, everybody was the same, you know, no, no one's life's perfect. You know, my, my, my focus was on the kids and, and it was on my um, career and, and things. Um, and, um, and so when that was suddenly a risk, um, you know, suddenly, I mean, just a practical point of view in terms of the wealth. And I'm like, shit, I've worked, you know, my ass off 
And then suddenly that's been taken, that's, that's going to get taken away from me. But then when I started to kind of look, they, they, one of the big kind of wake up calls for me was when I was divorced or when I was started the divorce process or when I was separated rather, suddenly like I've got no one to turn to who, who, who you know, all my, all my life was, it was kind of around work. Uh, and when I came home, came home from work with the, with the family and any friends or kind of, um, you know, activities were around the, the kind of fam family unit. And then suddenly um, I found myself on my own. And, and of course, all that's been taken away because they te te people tend to kind of go with the, well, it was my, my wife's um, kind of friendships and that anyway. And so suddenly I realized, God, I've put so much effort into work and to, you know, the, these these family relationships that I've, I've, I've got nothing for myself. It, start, it started very much... Um, you know, it was almost like cold calling. It was like, God, I've got no, I've got, I've got nothing to do this weekend. Uh, I've got no one to do anything with. I'm going to pick up the phone and 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 start to to you know speak to people and, and reach out to people and, and things like that. And of course, you know, majority of your friends are, are married, and and they don't want to be going anywhere near you because you know they don't want to catch what you've got and and lose their, you know, get 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 a divorce as well. So. Um, it was, it was, uh, that was an eye open. And I, and I just realized that I made a massive error in my life in terms of not fostering um, the relationships and friendships that I, I should have done, particularly with other, other guys. And I think, I think guys, that problem, sorry, they make that mistake. I mean, I think it's a really common mistake to make. And so the, the, the you know, one of the things about the book was to kind of do everything in chronological order in terms of, you know, we feel bad at the beginning and deal with the emotions and we've got a lot of stuff that we need to sort out. Um, but at the end of it, actually, we've got a massive opportunity to do some really cool stuff and, and, and you know, and really enjoy and live our lives. And, you know, I think um, we live on autopilot. We, we, we just, we just do whatever we do and we don't really give anything um, much thought and, 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 you know, suddenly years have passed and, um, I, I, I thought to myself, well, I need to do something because, you know, I need to fill that void. Well, what do I want to do? Um, and, and how can I nurture those um, relationships? And, and uh, it, I, I honestly believe, um, you know, from that point of view, divorce is a gift. It's a gift. It gives you a massive opportunity to take stock of your life and, and realize, you know, where you, you, you should make adjustments um, to, to live a better and, and happier life. I couldn't agree with you more. I cannot agree with you more. I mean, it's definitely closing of one chapter, opening a new one that you haven't written yet. And mm -hmm. you gotta look at it like that. Your comments about men and their friends is so spot on. Men are really bad about fostering really solid friendships with other men and continuing to see them. A lot of times we, and I think this might, this might have been a story in your book, but I hear about it a lot. Most of the time it's, okay, well, you know, I had my friend who was my best man in my wedding and, uh, you know, I, I, I haven't seen him like five or six years. And yeah, it feels like when we get back together, we didn't lose any time, but mm. we really did. I mean, mm. five or six years is a long time, even if you, um, you know, obviously social media now is, has created a situation where we can keep in touch with people a little bit easier. You got to keep those friendships because... You're right. You get divorced. You're like, well, what the hell am I supposed to do now? Yeah, what am I doing this true. weekend? It's so it's so horrible. And I will tell you this. I love that you addressed grooming in your book. Mm. This is a big issue that, um, in fact, I interviewed somebody who was a personal stylist a couple of weeks ago. And really what happens is just like your friends, just like your health, sometimes when you're married and it's not going well, everything just kind of goes. You don't, you don't think, yeah. Yeah, now you're now you're going to be dating again, which we're going to get to in a second. Now you're dating again, and you want to you need to remake yourself. You need to be mm -hmm. this new person that conveys who you want to be. And I think that's a lot of times you know men are really bad about you know they we did you know we did a five k race and we got a free t shirt and uh, you know we wear that around with yeah, know, yeah. pants with holes in them and yeah. you know and dirty fingers and you know hair that hasn't been uh, trimmed in weeks. I just thought that was such an important part of your book. And that's why I loved what I loved about your book in general. And I read a lot of books on divorce is you did what you just said. You went through beginning, middle and everything. And you said things that most 
and I, that's why I like it's called the real man's guide because really these are things a lot of men are going to feel uncomfortable with. But you need to know. You need to know what was your motivation for putting uh, putting so much in the book about grooming. You even talk about where you can go get a manicure and pedicure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. No, I mean, I, 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 the thing is, I mean, we run this. Um, we're on this video thing here and and uh, and i'm not wearing the the lockdown very well i've, I've put like four stone on so uh it's, it's a little <laughs> bit ironic talking about grooming and health and stuff like that um but um yeah I, I i think i think it's it's i mean it's a combination of things i mean i you know as a as a as a guy i've always been quite kind of open i mean if you speak to any of my uh, any of my uh, friends you know so my oldest friends they'll always laugh at me because i've been using moisturizer for as long as like i've known them you know what i mean i don't know why but i just always took the the view of you know if it's going to help you you know why not why not um if it's good enough for a woman it's good enough for me and and um i mean i don't know if i i, I don't know if this is in the book or not but um you know i've been in i've been in um you know uh, places you know where people are getting their nails done and things and i'm having a, a manicure and i'm sat there and i'm chatting to all the other uh, ladies in there and you know it's mad it's like a, it's like another another world um so i i mean i i personally i mean i i don't care i don't get embarrassed about things things like that at all but um you know it's it's um it it, it was it's one of those isn't it, it, it things are not written down and not and not discussed or you, you might kind of raise it and then you suddenly you find out that your friend does does do that you know but um it's not kind of it's not like a kind of normal should we say conversation that guys have and there's there's not a information around about it so i mean i can't i, I can't remember my motivation of why why i put it in there but i just thought you know why why not you know you, you kind of make the best make the best to yourself um yeah so yeah I, I i can't remember why but um yeah but it's funny you um you uh you raised that well i think your your purpose in writing this book was to help someone go through the divorce process this was just just this is part just of another it. tool it's another part yeah it's, it's another it's another tool and yeah, again, when you talk about stuff like this, it's, it's very similar to what we talked about before about men crying. We come, we're brought up a certain way. I mean, I know uh, younger generations have changed quite a bit. Um, and there are some generational issues happening on all the issues we're talking about, including parenting. Um, it's really changing over time. So, you know, all that's there. Now, we, now, last but not least, real quick, is dating. How was it to get out into the dating world again after your divorce? I mean, it was it was it was great. <laughs> it's great. I mean, <laughs> it is. I mean, it, it is. I mean, think about. It. I mean, you know, you've been married for you know nine years or whatever amount of time, and then suddenly, you know, you, all, there's all this opportunity. And um, I mean, I'll, I'll kind of caveat that. Um, you know, big a big um, part of. Uh, um, you know, certainly at the beginning in terms of managing the emotions is not to jump into relationships and deal with your deal with your stuff first um, before you get into it. And I mean, that's that's what I did. I, I, I made sure my um, kids were, 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 were sorted, um, you know, that, that kind of relationship with them. Uh, I made sure my own mind was in the right place as well. Um, and then once I'd kind of got to a point where I was okay and I was good with things, then and um, you know i dive right in <laughs> awesome i i love how i love how you did even uh think about it for a second you were like this has been great i you know what it is some, though, yeah. some people some people have been scared shitless to get back mm. into the dating world uh, but i'm glad to hear that it's been it it's at least been fun for you well i think i think you know what though i think there's um and and I and I've been I've been thinking about this and and, and I'm thinking of um, you know there's a, there's a, a book or there's something um, to to help men with because I think the big problem with the, the society is that um, it's gone the other way. I mean you know men don't behave like men anymore because you know they they they. I don't know. It's because it's 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 certain parts of um, society um, say it's not it's not right. But uh, you know, I'm you know, I mean, I I like I like w women in terms of you know, I I like their company. Um, I don't feel I don't feel um, 
uh, in, intimidated or anything uh, uh, around them. I genuinely like being in their in their company, and um, you know, if I've I've always held doors open, allowed a woman to walk through uh, a door the door first, and some of them might not like it. I don't care. It's to me. It's just. It's just good manners. And I've, you know, I, in a working environment, I'm like after you, no, after you, you know, like like this, you know, you've had like a, a strong, a strong woman, and then and and and, and um, you know, I'm, I've maybe pulled out like age before beauty then to get them through the the door or something. But um, I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with tre- treating a woman with with respect. Um, but I, I do think there's a lot of um, mixed messages, and and I think guys just have no idea a lot of guys have no idea how to how to deal with women they think they're gonna say something wrong or do something wrong and um it's you know going into anything like you know trying to get into a relationship with that kind of mindset you set yourself up for failure so so for me i i just personally think you know if you you, you're open with someone you're honest with someone in terms of you know what what you want or what you don't want or how you're looking at things um, you know, you treat each other with respect, um, and just have a good time and, and, and have some fun. You can't go, you can't go wrong, but, um, um, I mean, you're going to pick some wrong ones and, 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 you know, you just go on a quick date with them and, and work out that they're not right for you and, and, and move on this. There truly is plenty of fish in the sea, isn't there? I mean, there's, there's billions of women out there. <laughs> yes, there are. So, uh, James, we've been talking about your book, and you've written more than one book. People can find that on Amazon, correct? Sure. I mean, the the um, the, the real man's guide to divorces. Um, the it's it was ri- it was just written for 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 my my um, for English audience. So there's a chapter on divorce in there, which is just for for the UK. Um, but the rest of it is 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 you know it's it's universal for for guys. Um, but you can find yeah you can find um, the Real Man's Guide to Divorce and the Mindful Divorce on Amazon. Um, you can so the, just the, the finishing off. Um, the other thing that I was thinking about on this journey was. You know how do I how do I help more people um, in this situation? And and one of the things that I kind of picked up on was the 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 conflict around the divorce itself. The cost of divorce um, was a huge barrier to getting people to kind of just move on and, and get on with their lives, so they can focus on themselves and the, the children. And so I set up uh, an online divorce. I know you, you probably don't want to hear about an online divorce company because, you know, you're a, uh, an attorney, but um, I set up an online divorce company so that people can, you know, if they've got an uncontested divorce, they can uh, cheaply and efficiently um, get a divorce. And they don't have to pay, you know, thousands of pounds um, on, on, on legal fees. So that was the, the kind of the, the move on. I wanted to, you know, how can I practically help help people as well as the kind of theoretical um stuff as well so um that's been uh, a, a real journey so i've kind of ended up you know from something that was just a, a promise to a, a kind of a, a lifelong thing of, of writing a book um then spiraled into you know it's helped a lot of people that motivated me to to write another one and then creating this business um which is 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 doing uh incredibly well um it's just uh, it's been a you know very very strange journey and and um you know there's there's, there's more there's more to do i i kind of i want to um normalize divorce i don't want i don't want to you know people to suffer with the stigma of, of divorce i want people to see it as just uh you know uh it's a it's a phase that we you, you may or may not face um and, and there's nothing wrong with it. You know, there's nothing wrong with, um, you know, relationship ending and dealing with it and being able to deal with it in a, in a good way. And, and then, you know, moving on so that you can, you know, enjoy, you, you know, your life again. Um, so that's that's the kind of big thing for me. And I'm not quite sure how um, I'm, I'm going to go about doing that. But, um, yeah, I, 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 it's a it's a big it's a kind of personal personal mission. Well, you're certainly on the right track, and I am not offended at all that you have an online divorce uh, website. I think that is excellent. Uh, There's a lot of people out there that don't need attorneys. They have everything that they need already. Now, I just want to be clear on this. Your website is for people who are getting divorced in 
England and Wales. Is that right? England and Wales. Yes. Great. Well, we, we have yeah. a large audience of the podcast that lives in the UK. So I encourage you, if you live in the UK and you know somebody who has a simple divorce and they don't want to spend all their money on attorneys, go check out uh, James's uh, website. We will put it in the show notes. We'll also put links to his books on Amazon in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for being here today, James. Pleasure. Thank you so much. It's been really good to speak to you. Wonderful. And um, again, if you uh, want to work with James, we'll put his website in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the show. We'll see you next time.